Hi, I'm Amber Corky, and I'm here with Ashna Finjetti, Sathik Nalagatla, Valerie Zapata, and Evan Lemberger to talk about their experiences about volunteering at the Brookfield Zoo. Why is everyone here works at the Brookfield Zoo? How did you guys all apply or find out about it? Okay, so I found out about it through Sathvik. Um, what happened was he actually he sent me a video of an emu <laughs> behind a fence chasing him as he was talking about it, or he, as he was near the exhibit. And he was talking about this internship that he was doing with the zoo. And I thought it was like a really exclusive thing. So I didn't think I could apply to it. I don't know. That's what I thought. (laughs) 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 I can get in. It's not exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) But it sounded really like it sounded really cool. And I love animals and being around them and being at the zoo. Um, And then later in Science Olympiad, I was at the Science Olympiad like informational meeting or something. And then um, Mrs. Stokes told us about it. And I texted Sathik and I was like, this sounds perfect for you. And he was like, I'm literally already in that. And I was like, my bad. But then I applied and um, I mean, now I'm a part of it. And it's super, super fun being at the zoo often and seeing animals all the time. Sathik, why did you, how did you find out? Yeah. (laughs) The origin Uh, of all of this. I'm the domino effect here. I, my mom told me to get out of the house more, <laughs> and my options were either this or Bollywood rhythms. <laughs> it's like an absolute no from me. So I, I told her that I'd find something else to do other than that. I think and you'd be a great dancer. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you've seen me dance. <laughs> Absolutely not. But... Um, and so I, I was just Googling things. I was looking through uh, Field Museum, Shed, Aquarium, all their programs, and then I got to Bookfield Zoo, and quite frankly, I think it's the best one. Oh. Uh, shameless Definitely. plug there. Yes. Oh. Uh, and then I just applied uh, eighth grade year, and then I got into the summer cohort, and then that's that. History. <laughs> How long have you been working there? One of my own. Three years. He's too the, long. Too you're long. The longest out of all. Yeah, he's three uh, years. Yeah. I'm two years because I joined years. a year after him. Yeah. And then Val is. I'm still in my first year. Yeah. So. She's a baby. I'm one and a half. One and a half. Yeah. Val, how did you apply? So I I found out about it through Ashno. So it's a domino. Yeah, no, because we had history together, and I didn't really know Ashna, but, like, then we got close because we had, like, groups or whatever. And then she was like, oh, yeah, I work at the Brookfield Zoo. And I was like, what? That's so cool. And, like, I didn't apply until, like, a year after, and I got in sophomore year for the fall, but then I pushed it back. So I was like, I don't really want to take the train during the winter because that seems suspicious because I just didn't know about it. Uh, the fact, and also, like, my timing was really bad because, like, everything was there. And I was like, animals. We love animals, right? And also, like, my family just, like, I've been to the Brookfield Zoo a lot. Like, I would go every birthday, so it was, like, something special to me. So I was just like, this is perfect. This sounds cute. Um, and, yeah, that's how I just found out about it through Ashna. <laughs> you found out through Valerie? <laughs> no, no. I actually never met any of you guys until yeah. after. I met, yeah. <laughs> so what happened to me was toward the end of the year, my chemistry teacher, Mrs. Stokes. Stokes. There you go. She well, realized, <laughs> right? She realized that I was interested in this, so she referred to me for the summer cohort, which is the summer after my sophomore year. I applied. I had to write an essay about how I relate to bears. And then, <laughs> no, I wrote about how I was a parakeet. Okay, oh, Asha. You own a parakeet. That's Asha. cheating. <laughs> Only Asha would write about a parakeet. Oh, I have a great story about that. Okay, we'll continue. Oh, no. we'll continue. Okay, but anyway, here I am. That's what happened. Yeah. So what does the job look like? Well, what are your responsibilities, okay, expectations? So it's not a job. It's volunteering. Yeah. But, like, the amount of hours we put into it makes it, like, a job. And the responsibilities that we're given at the zoo, like, the amount of trust they put into us, like, 
gives us it gives it a job like feel but officially it's volunteering and it's a volunteer program the program is officially called the king conservation science scholars and then Safi can talk about what we do because he goes there more often than I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm there like every week. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like it. Uh, but basically we, we have a sort of split schedule. So during the summer is when we do the most of our like officially work. So we do interpretation, which is basically talking to guests. It's a type of education. Uh, it's very informal. So you basically stand outside an exhibit. Uh, and then you talk to the guests, you try to get them to relate, uh, get them to care about the animals, care about conservation, care about the zoo, all those kinds of things. Uh, and that's basically what we do pretty much all summer. Uh, you're required to do, I think, one once a week. Once a week. Mm -hmm. all right. uh, but you do like once a week. And then once summer is over, which is around like August 15th, I think they officially end it. Uh, after that, you do a bunch of other workshops. So... We have like a science workshop category where we just learn about uh, ocean conservation. We learn about, you know, the zoo. Sometimes we'll learn about the animals. Sometimes we get guest speakers to come in from the zoo. Uh, we'll get like curators, keepers, uh, veterinarians, that kind of stuff. They give us like behind the scenes tours of different houses. So like I did one of the swamp and I think I did one of the Australia house. So I got to see the keepers feed everybody uh, antidotes to like snake venom and stuff. And you get to see some of the animals that are actually behind the scenes because they aren't out to the public yet. So we get like that insider look based on the science workshops we choose to do. And then um, another thing is they occasionally do things like dissections and stuff as a part of like the studying biology aspect of science workshops. So that's interesting too. It's not just informational lecture type things. Yeah, and then so that pretty much covers science, unless I'm forgetting. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah. Oh, there's also uh, events at night. Oh, yes. Events are the <laughs> so events we do special events, which are like summer nights, holiday magic, uh, boo at the zoo, Earth Day. And those then are all different like events Mother's at the Day. zoo for people who don't go oh, to the zoo. <laughs> don't forget everybody's favorite zoo run run. Oh, yes, zoo run run. I've never actually done that. Me one. neither. I think I did it my first time this year. Okay, how'd that go? It was fine. Okay. Like, there were some people, it's a run, and some people take it really yeah. seriously. And <laughs> I can people, imagine. Most people don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's the zoo. It's just Bookfield a race. It's, it's like a race. race. Yeah. yeah. Like, is but it through the zoo? It's through the zoo. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like a 5K through the zoo. Yeah. Probably. The zoo's it's big. It's big. It's big. Yeah. It's tiring to I go think across. At yeah. one point, summer nights I walked like ten to fifteen miles. It was insane. No, yeah, no, that's I my number one. Twenty-three thousand steps. I wore my Fitbit that day. Twenty-three thousand steps. Because I was there for interpretation, and then I was there for oh, summer nights. Oh no, me too. Oh. I thought so that like my legs are like about to fall off. So, so for, again, for people who haven't who aren't in the program, uh -huh. basically we do interpretation at day and then summer nights at night, obviously, and that's a uh, five five hours for interpretation and five hours for summer nights. So. Yeah. So every time you go to the zoo, it's five hours that you clock in usually. Um, and then going back to like how our hours are divided, it's interpretation as we already touched on science workshops. And then we also have college and career readiness workshops. So since we're all in high school, um, the majority of us in the program, they do a lot of workshops to help us um, like get ready for college. So um, some of our supervisors will talk about their college experiences because a lot of them are in college or fresh out of college. So their experiences are really relevant to us. And then sometimes we'll visit colleges. We went to um, U of I at Urbana-Champaign for a zoology expo. And we learned about NRES, which is their yeah. um, conservation and environmental science um, like degree and program there. So there's a lot of different opportunities through the Brookfield Zoo to um, like look at college and everything, too. It's not just things at the zoo. And then what else? Oh, yeah. Special events. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. the other hours. 
Um, does anyone else want to talk about that? Okay. Of what? The special special Just explain special what they ones. are, because people don't okay. know what summer nights and like holiday okay. magic are. It's a night during summer. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. Wow. that's quite literally what it is. So pretty much every, they only happen on Friday and Saturdays, and every Friday and Saturday of the summer, they have a different band to play. It's usually a cover band. I think there had, was one band one that, was that was original. Famous. That was the Ides of March or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then uh, as they're playing, we'll be walking around. We don't usually stand in front of exhibits those nights. We like yeah. play games with kids. Like we set up giant Jenga or something. And oh, and then there's those people who always dress up in costumes. Mm. So I've done this a couple of times where I dress up as a bear, a very terrifying <laughs> bear. <laughs> And there's somebody next to me walking me around and just I'm taking pictures with everybody and I have a good time. It's because you wrote your application about a bear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't pick a I'm nice feeling myself. Comes full circle, Amber. Yeah. <laughs> What's your guys' favorite part about working at the zoo? Oh, oh boy. Oh man. That's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of good parts about. Working I mean, at the I zoo. like yeah. the amount of people we get to meet. Oh, like just like also the students, because like everyone's yeah. from different places. Like they're from Chicago. It's also, everyone's so nice. Yeah, they're they're so nice. outrageously nice. Yeah. Like I, I, got... do, I don't deserve that much. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't. It's just, yeah. I feel like it's a good community of people. Yeah. So, like, when you're signing up for events, um, I mean, working at the zoo is, or working, volunteering at the zoo is super great because even if your schedule is really busy, it's really, really flexible because you sign up for the events that you go. It's not necessarily like, oh, you have to go, like, on this day every week unless it's in the summer. Um, so, it's really nice um, just in general. And I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So since, like, it's really flexible, you don't always sign up with your friends, right? Because you have different schedules. So when you walk in, like, there's a bunch of new faces every time. And everyone is so friendly and so nice. Like, it's so, like, you make new friends within a few minutes every time you go there. So, like, by the end of your time in the program, like, you have so many friends. It's insane. Like, everyone is so amazing. That, like, that covers that. Yeah, that You know... Okay, I just want to say my favorite part of the zoo was working Holiday Magic, uh, especially the first year I did it. I only picked one day, but they do this thing called the Talking Tree, and I got <laughs> to do that one time, oh. and I had a really fun time. Yeah, what is the Talking Tree? So there's this, <laughs> there's this giant 41-foot-tall Christmas tree, and it talks to you. So what happens is, so I'm okay. in a booth with a window, so I get to look at everybody that are standing around the tree, but they can't see me. So I can go into the microphone and say, shout out to the guy wearing cutoff shorts. And he has no idea who I am. So it's fun. But I also get to like, like they have a bunch of corny jokes for me to read. And uh, sometimes like I ask kids what they got for Christmas and stuff. And it's nice. It's wholesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that about the zoo. It's just so wholesome. Like every, yeah. all the families are there and like, they're just like having fun. And all the kids are so excited about different animals. They're like, I want to see this one. Or like, tell me some cool facts. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Oh, they have a mind of their own, don't they? Um, does anybody have a favorite story about some oh, experience? Tell them about Mannequin Man. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's see. I, I think I'll do the one that I alluded to earlier. But I wrote my essay on the new Caledonian crow because I'm a nerd and I basically so I wrote about this bird that I read about in like eighth grade and then three years later I'm going to a clad dinner with a bunch of our donors 
and cool. they give me a poster and it says New Caledonian Crow on it. But I haven't heard about the New Caledonian Crow for about three years. So I have no clue what to interpret about. <laughs> and also they didn't provide anything for me. So I was like, okay, I got this, guys. So I was just winging like... We love puns at the zoo, too, but yes. oh, yeah, we, we really like do. puns. Many puns. Christopher, one of our CPAs, is a pretty big on puns. He gets, like, tattoos with puns on them. It's insane. He's really, he's a pun. He's a punny guy. He's a punny guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's Chris. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone else has stories. I'm trying to I mean, I can of, keep like, going with stories. I, I just heard yeah. Sothic sent me a photo of an emu chasing him. Oh, it was actually video. Oh, 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 no. Is that the same thing he sent you? I can explain that as well. And he sent that to me, yeah. Oh, okay. It's just something. I'm the catalyst of just a lot of Yes. I, so I was, so my parents had to go somewhere early in the morning. So they dropped me off at the zoo at about like 9 o'clock. So I have nothing better to do. So I just thought it would be fun to go over to our walk around emu exhibit. This was like two years ago. We don't have emus anymore in that exhibit. No. That's the no. wallaby exhibit now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... I went in there, and there was a keeper there. She was like, yeah, just chill. Uh, one of her emus, I think it was Charlie, they're all named after the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park, which, does, which really doesn't help in my <laughs> case. And so I'm just sitting down. Charlie comes up to me, and I'm like, okay, this guy's kind of creepy because <laughs> he's, like, really close to you. And I know you're allowed to pet them, but I've also heard stories about wild emus before. So I'm like, I'm not trying to pet it. Uh, and so I get up and I start walking around and starts following. Uh, our exhibit's sort of like an eight. It's like an infinity loop. And so You're talking I, about the, uh, the pet exhibit, right? Yeah, okay. the wallaby exhibit. And so we, I was just going through there and I was like, you know, he's really actually following me. <laughs> and so I turned around and I'm like, I'm going to go around this pillar. We have like a thing in the middle. It has a pillar. And I, I just thought I'd go around this pillar. And if it goes around the pillar, that means it's chasing me. And so I did. And then he did. <laughs> And then I immediately, like, asked the keeper, is this thing normal? Like, is it normal for him to chase guests around or whatever? And she's like, yeah, he just follows them around, creeps them out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, so I immediately left uh, the exhibit. And then I was standing outside the gate when I took a video and sent Ashna a video. <laughs> but I don't think Charlie's at the zoo anymore. I think Charlie went to another Charlie, zoo. Charlie, yeah. Yeah. All the emus move now. We I don't think Australia. we have any now. We have the guys from Australia. Yeah, we do. Like behind the kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't just know. But yeah. They're behind. Oh yeah, the, the emus are just behind the kangaroos. I mean, like it I used to be in the wallabies. You, you, you really get to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you get to know it really, like, really well. Crazy. I don't even. Know I was so right. scared. Little like even if you weren't there at the time, you hear so many stories about how it was before. Like you just know. Yeah. No. Like. I was so scared. I was like, because this is my first year. And I was like, I've been to the Brookfield Zoo a lot, but like we obviously don't go like the entire, entire park every single time. So I was like, I'm not going to know anything or like where anything is. But like over time, you just do it so often. You have to go so many places and it's like super random. So you just figure out really weird facts and really weird <laughs> ways to different like figure exhibits. all the shortcuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, like Val and Sophic, did you go to the zoo often before you started volunteering there? You know me, Ashna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably not, yeah. So, like, when I started volunteering there, like, I had the same fear. But Val at least had, like, been there, like, yeah. several times recently. Like, the last time I had been to the zoo before I started volunteering there, it was, like, a field trip in, like, seventh grade or something. Okay. Yeah. So I was really, really scared that I was not going to know where I was going. But a lot of the mm -hmm. older scholars took me under their wing, and they helped me get around, like, the first few times. And then, like, after that, you kind of, like, I just got the hang of it. But, like, 
it sounds like a lot more than it really is. Like the zoo is big, but you walk around it so much that it feels small. Yeah, the thing is like, I used to go when I was a lot younger too, but like they change it so much and so often. Like now there's like a walkway, they got rid of Wolf Field. Like it's just like, I got so confused. Like walked into the zoo, I'm like, is this the zoo? Like I don't know what anything <laughs> is. Cause I haven't been there for like a couple of years at that point, but I think it's really fun. And then also, yeah, like the older scholars, like I remember like my first day here, I was like at the train and I walked down and I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. And like this, like this other scholar, she didn't talk to me at all, but like she walked me, <laughs> she walked me all the way to where I needed to be. And I thought that was nice. Like she didn't talk to me. We didn't like make communication, but like There's we walked side to side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're wearing bright green polos. Yeah. And khakis. It's, it's it's very, really everyone really knows who you are. Very like, few yeah. organizations. Yeah. So <laughs> that, they're either just really, like, really strong zoo enthusiasts or yeah, they the zoo. definitely. So yeah. either way, they're going Look the right at those way. guests that just, like, know more than you do. Absolutely. That happens to me all the yes. time. Those and they're, they're always there. Yes. They're like, I did a Honestly. research project on this animal, and I'm like, wow. And then they start talking about it, and I'm like, I did not know that. <laughs> I'm using that next time. Like, you know. I've met a gentleman. There's a there's a regular at a zoo. He's, I just call him. Uh, baseball cap guy because I don't know guy. his name and he always comes in a baseball cap even okay. when it's winter <laughs> so he knows an outrageous amount like he'll know all of our wolves he can tell them all apart Seriously. I met him I met him back yes. when, back when we had like seven wolves Jeez. which is insanity because all our wolves to me look exactly yeah. the same yeah like the only reason I can tell them apart now is because Ella has like a super dark face okay I like um, it was a rainy day once, and I was interpreting at the wolf exhibit, and then he was there with his wife, and um, they were, like, it was just me and them in the exhibit, and then they were taking pictures of the wolves and talking about them, and, like, I just struck up a conversation, because, like, that's what you do, and then, um, like, his wife explained the difference between, so Flint was the alpha male, and Zana was the alpha female, and then he explained that she explained the difference between Flint and I think it was Rio was one of their sons. And like, Dude. they had like a mask on their face. Like I knew the wolves so well after that conversation with them. Like I could tell them apart usually because I could at least see Zana, Flint and Rio. But after that, like I couldn't tell, but yeah. <laughs> it's insane how well the guests get to know the animals. Yeah. I have, I still have no clue. I didn't know I any of the any wolf's of names wolves before now. So I know good. all of their names. Yeah. Well, those they moved off to Missouri. Yeah, yeah. So the ones we have now are There's only... uh, Ella and Apache. Okay. Are those yeah. the only two? Yeah, yeah, we've got two now. They're going to start a new pack. No, uh, do we still have Rain and Pika? I think Rain, Rain and Pika left. Because they were in the outer. No, they, they left in October or something. Okay. No, I don't know why all these animals move, but something else that Brookfield Zoo does, which I didn't know about until I started working, was the species survival program where we work with other zoos and we keep track of everybody's genetic lines. So we work with other zoos to um, mate the animals properly and make sure that they survive to continue genes. And then we also train them to adapt to be able to live out into the wild. So we like... I had the stereotype of zoos where animals go there and they're just there for the rest of their lives. And some of them are, but others we do our best to make sure that they're back in the wild. Yeah, so we've got, uh, just to name specifics, right now I think we have Guam Kingfisher breeding program right mm -hmm. now. So the Guam Kingfisher is currently extinct in the wild. So we do have a breeding program for them. I think we work with... Don't we have one for the Lincoln minus Park too? in Milwaukee. Do we have a brief? Yeah, we have one for the minas. We've got one for the Togo slippery frogs. I think we've got really? we're the only zoo outside of uh, Africa to have those guys, but Jeez. they're behind the scenes, <laughs> and only Cordelia got to see them. <laughs> I did, and I'm so jealous. Yeah. 
uh, Cody Lee is one of my friends. She got to do, so she did the swamp behind the scenes tour and then she asked one of the keepers if she could see them. And I was not allowed to. <laughs> I did my tour. <laughs> she has a picture of them. It's really cool. Uh, but we also do Panamanian Golden Fog yep. and we do, uh, we're in charge of the penguin displays for now. So we are the only zoo with a penguin on display, at least until next year's summer, which is when uh, San Diego Zoo gets theirs uh, for their children's zoo, which is opening, I think, next summer. Hopefully next summer. Are there any other fun things you want to share that I haven't asked about? Uh, um, they name the animals really, really fun things. Oh, like God. the kookaburra. So, like, I started a list of all the animal names because I wanted to keep track of them. Good. Um, yeah, it's like a good <laughs> list right now. We do not know. Dude, yeah. I lost track after the second. They change so, they change so often, often because, because as a part of like the species survival plans and everything, like Evan was talking about, like the animals rotate super often. Um, so then we don't always know the names when we're talking about them, but it's really helpful to know the names because then like it makes them more personable and then people can relate to them more. Um, but anyway, I was in the Australia house and I was talking about the kookaburras and then one of the keep keepers walked by and I asked her what the names were and their names are good day and mate. Like, it was amazing. <laughs> um, and then like, which ones are named after cheese? I don't remember. Oh, I think there's one of the emus are named Blue. No, no, no. no okay. That's, that's, for the that's the raptors. Okay. No, I heard about a that. Specific too. type of Jeez. I don't remember what animal it is, oh, but I'm... each one of them is named after a type of cheese. Is it is it the peacocks? I think it you might be the peacocks. All... We have enough peacocks for that. And the peacocks are named yeah. after different types of cheeses. So like one is Brie. I know that. And then I haven't known. I don't know the other ones. But <laughs> probably. But like they go nuts with the names, and it's so cute. Wait, what happened to the, all the little baby peacocks? That the happened over guinea fowl. Yeah. Oh, wait, were they? I can't keep. There track is a difference. There's way too many guinea fowl. I don't think. I, yeah. Uh, no, the so peacocks had babies one year ago, and then they were given to the guinea fowl as foster parents, and that was really confusing. Because <laughs> I was like, those are guinea fowl, but also those are baby peacocks. <laughs> and that's not how that works. Not at all. Uh, but I think, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, because like last summer, yeah. like everyone was so so excited, because like they just see this peacock, and then like four little oh, yeah. so baby cute. peacocks are following yeah. it. Huh. I don't know. They probably grew up. <laughs> yeah, no. They're all bigger. I mean, like, do we still have them? I don't know. Uh, they might be... Trying to think, what are the zoos of peacocks? It's too many zoos. Yeah, I don't know. That's far too many zoos. I don't really keep track of the peacocks. I know the peacocks are definitely. So the weird thing about peacocks is they're Indian, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So pe the peacocks we have are Indian peacocks, okay. uh, and so they come from a tropical region. And you'd think during the winter <laughs> they'd like to be inside. They don't. No. <laughs> uh, so our peacocks are outside as long as there's food. Also, Basically. a lot of people don't know that peacocks can fly. Oh, so, yeah. like, they get freaked out so bad. Because our peacocks are, like, free-range, basically. So they walk around the entire zoo all the time. Um, you see them in the parking lot sometimes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> do you? oh yeah. They've ended up in all sorts of places. Yeah, they're, but it's okay. The zoo keeps track of them. So that's all good. All right. um, but, <laughs> like, sometimes the peacocks will, like, fly into, like, some of the tall trees that are, like, spread out throughout the zoo. Like, pe people won't realize that they're up there. But, like, I'm, I swear the peacocks do it on purpose. Like, people will, like, a big crowd of people will walk underneath them and they'll, like, yell super loud and everyone just screams. <laughs> it's so, it's really entertaining when you know the peacock is up there, but when it's not, like, when you don't know, it's terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just one interesting thing about the peacocks. They're, they're That's an FNS scenario right there. I don't know if you guys have done FNS lately. It's a... 
Anybody? You're talking about feathers and feathers. Oh, we have like three more minutes of oh, recording. We should <laughs> not go on to feathers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any other questions? No. Well, I, we can oh. talk about the other. Yeah, I, I was just gonna like thank y'all for the interview. We have stuff. a lot of content. Just yeah. for some plugs, I suppose. <laughs> uh, other things you can do in the program, uh, you can get a job. So we have roving naturalists. Once you get done with a year and a couple hours, then you can apply to roving naturalists. It's basically, it's basically interpretation over the summer, but you get to use live animals. Uh, pay is really good. It's like. Oh no, they up they increased it by a dollar. I think it's like thirteen fifty right now. An hour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Growth naturalists get paid. Yeah, they get paid a lot. Yeah. They're outside in the sun like all day. Like, they're basically keepers. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. You get your own cubicle, which I've just learned. <laughs> uh Sean told me the other day. I was like, oh. what? Sean uh, is like a zoo legend for yeah, those Sean is a, Sean's been Sean has yeah, he told me recently. Apply? Okay. Uh, on the CZS website, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you go, just Google www.czs.org. Www. Yeah. Okay, because, like yeah. April. So we work at Brookfield Zoo, but its official name is the, is the Chicago Zoological Society. Yes. So hence the name says yes. Um, and then if you, or if you just Google King Conservation Science Scholars, it should pop up. And then like just in general, like program logistics, um, like every year you're required to get 120 hours. And that might sound like a lot, but every time you go, it's five hours. So it's really not that much. And then you're done with over half of them at the end of the summer. Yeah. You spend yeah. so much time there um, like once a week in the summer and doing special events in the summer, like you knock out a bunch of them. So it's actually not that much. And then you end up going there more than you need to because you just fall mm-hmm. in love. So um, like just don't get scared by the requirements if you are applying, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think you could also just look up Brookfield Zoo volunteering and it's just like right yeah. on their page and it's super it's not that hard of yeah. an application either and then you can apply two times in the year there's a fall cohort and a spring cohort I highly recommend the spring cohort <laughs> yeah um I was in the fall cohort but I would recommend the spring cohort um but there's I, I don't know I'm trying to think of like application logistics like, you have to write essays you have to write yeah you have to write have essay. about forgotten. like a your right. favorite animal or what you identify with yeah they what animal you identify with favorite animal did you? Favorite favorite animal? Really? That's I think hilarious. they changed it because of my scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I had to interpret about a bird I hadn't learned about in three years. <laughs> to a oh. bunch of like really rich, like it was a donor night too. So I had oh, to like, oh, I had to sell it. Oh no. <laughs> uh, so takeaways, apply to the zoo. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. A lot of really great people there. And you get a lot of opportunities, too. So, like, we've gone to Florida. (laughs) We've gone to conferences. Oh, you're over. Okay, we'll let Amber thank us. Thank you for letting me interview all you guys. Thank you. A lot of good stories. Now I have to go apply. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. I think I'm training this summer. Seriously. Yes, It's like a It's like a boot camp. I just yell at you. Well, thanks a lot, guys.